Hey, Steve and my Back 40 podcast listeners. It's Chris here from Spandex Panda. Steve, great to see you're still getting out for a spin and enjoying the outdoors and hope everyone else is still doing the same, staying healthy out there and uh, getting a little tan, get a little vitamin D on you. Anybody not sure what Spandex Panda is, uh, feel free to listen in on episode 11. Steve and I have a great chat about cycling and a little bit of fashion and style, some of the classics, uh, and pretty much adventures. That's what it's all about. So if you're uh, if you're not sure, we basically, it's all adventure fashion based, which very easily means it's merino wool, it's Italian made, and we bridge the gap for cyclists between fashion and functions. So check it out. Just Google Spandex Panda and uh, stay safe out there, everyone. Enjoy the outdoors and uh, keep rolling. Curtis Linton of Spandex Panda, thank you for the voice intro and ad spot. Uh, yeah, check out their stuff, man. It's uh, it's well made, uh, super functional, and kind of fun actually. I get lots of lots of little giggles and smiles when I'm wearing my cap with the uh, the panda on it. And uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of growing on me the the cycling cap thing. But you know, I'm an old dog. It's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. But uh, I do love his stuff, and I would encourage you to go and check that stuff out. How are you guys doing? How was your week? Did you enjoy that conversation with Paulo and Heather? Oh, man, I really loved it. I really enjoyed talking to them. And uh, I've got lots of conversations coming up. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to share them with you. And to do something a little different the next couple of weeks is uh, I wanted to talk to some frame builders. Um, so on this episode, I'm talking with Dale Marchand of Rollingdale Cycle. And um, I've seen a couple of his bikes and they're pretty sweet. He's building uh, hardtail stuff out of titanium. And uh, I know that Dean Anderson has one of his bikes and as well, Guy Stewart. And from what I've heard, they are in love with these bikes. So I wanted to talk to Dale just kind of about his process, about his background. And then um, in uh, next week, I'm going to put a conversation out that I had with Paul Brody. And I was super excited. I've always been a Brody fan. Um, I have a 96 Brody Espresso in my shop here that uh, I showed him. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm super proud of those products. Like Canadian made, like, you know, what do you have to say about that? It's like to be able to buy bike equipment that's actually made in Canada is pretty awesome. Um, since my Brody days, I've turned into a Cro-Mag fan. I have a couple of Cro-Mag bikes that were also hand-built in Canada. And there's something about a hand-built bike that maybe only the owner of a hand-built bike can really understand, but these bikes have soul. And uh, yeah, I'd encourage you, if you're ever thinking about getting a new bike, shop around, man. Like, check out the Canadian builders because there's a lot of really awesome product coming out of Canada. And uh, Del Marchand is producing some of that product. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation coming up in a few. But first, I just wanted to tell you about a promo code couple promo codes actually the ones you've heard number of times cycling 101 they're still offering their promo code 101 vip 20 where you can save 20 percent off a bike fit or a consultation and also he shared with us his knack bar ambassador code which is ryan so if you head on over to knack bar you can do a little shopping buy some crickets and use the promo code ryan at checkout and you're going to save 20 percent. and if you spend over 50 bucks you are going to get free shipping so um good deal all around check it out i'd also like to remind you again about the masaka cycling club 
back in episode 17, way back in episode 17, I spoke with the chairman of the Masaka Cycling Club, Miro Michael, and we talked about his project, which is basically giving hope to uh, boys and girls and disabled youth in Masaka, Uganda. He's got a cycling club started there, and there's some amazing cycling talent that I'm sure you're going to see on the world stage at some point. And um, if you want to learn more about the Masaka Cycling Club, I urge you to go back, listen to the podcast, and then you can head on over to uh, thehiddenathlete.com.au, and there you're going to find lots of information about the club and also different ways you can donate. Basically, what they need is an influx of cash to pay salaried riders and administration. So um, pretty awesome project and a little bit of money goes a long way. So be sure to check it out. And if you're compelled uh, or if you have any questions, rather, you can definitely reach out to me. You can reach out to Ross Burridge of The Hidden Athlete, and you can also reach out to Miro Michael. And all that information is in the podcast, episode 17. So please check it out. So today on the podcast, I'm super excited to be talking with Dale Marchand of Rollingdale Cycle. After taking Paul Brody's uh, Frame Building 101 course in Abbotsford and taking the uh, Titanium Welding course at UBI in Oregon, he started his own company, Rollingdale Cycle, and has been building custom bikes for his customers. And uh, it was a pleasure to talk to a frame builder just to get their insight into uh, frame building and uh, new technologies. And uh, one thing I thought that was really awesome about this chat is you can really hear the passion that he has for for basically working with his hands. Brings him a lot of meaning and seeing a happy customers riding on his stuff makes him super pumped and super happy. So um, you can tell he's a passionate guy, very detail-oriented guy. And uh, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about getting a custom bike made to reach out to Dale and have a conversation. Just start a chat and uh, see what he's all about and uh, go from there. So uh, I really hope you enjoy this chat. And without further delay, I bring you Dale Marchand. Yeah. So what are you up to? It looks like you're in your shop. I'm in my shop and hopefully the sounds okay. I don't have too much booming echo kind of stuff. So yeah. no, it sounds really and, good. Uh, my wife's just popping her head in the, the thing. I picked a package up already. So oh, you did? Oh, you sorry. <laughs> no, don't be. Just getting deliveries. <laughs> deliveries uh, still bike parts, you know, so waiting on things to come in and always uh, a little bit of a challenge, but yeah. Yeah, it's especially uh, these days. Yeah, are you busy? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I have a day job too, so it keeps me yeah. busy as well. But, but yeah, no, I'm busy. I've got, um, you know, I've got a couple of bikes on the go. I've got a couple of uh, touring bikes to do. Um, I just finished Guy Stewart's bike. Yeah, yo, it's and, done. And uh, yeah, it's all done. He's. I mean, I just saw he posted a picture of it. Um, with his raft and, you know, the whole kit and kind of the first time I've seen it, you know, in, in his action, you know, in his environment type yeah. of thing. So yeah, that was, that was really cool to, to go through that whole experience with, uh, with guy. You know? It seems like we're getting into it pretty, pretty deep, pretty quick, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so sorry, <laughs> no, it's no, I love it. It's great. That's see, that's my MO. That's my MO is like just connecting with people and chatting like we're having a beer. So I, Honestly, yep. I don't have a lot of questions. I just wanted us to just chat and find out kind of what your background is and how you got into it and talk about Paul Brody a bit. And, um, yeah. you know, I've got some, some custom bikes here in my shop. Like that's, that's a, a Brody Espresso from, Ooh. I think about 96. And, um, wow. 
and then the bike uh oh you can't see that but my uh my chrome egg <laughs> surface yeah my chrome egg surface here oh yeah so that was i think that was if i'm not mistaken it was welded by mike true love who was a brody welder back in the day if i'm not mistaken okay. or, or um yeah i think he was welding for brody and then i have a fat bike back there that was also uh i think it was welded by mike as well and then painted by krista kerf we had kind of chatted a bit about that well some legend you know legendary guys in canada bike built you know canadian bike builders from that but there are not too too many i shouldn't say no. that too many today anyways but i mean there certainly has been a, a history and i you know i don't know a lot of the history of Canadian bike builders, although, you know, there's been some local builders here in Edmonton and, and obviously, you know, Paul Brody and, and Chris. And uh, then there's a handful of guys on the east side of things. And, and uh, yeah, it's been, you know, I'm, an, I'm a total newbie to it, honestly. Like, I mean, it's been, you know, from, from my perspective, looking into the frame building world of what's going on in the last, you know, over the last, you know, say 20 years of frame building. Um, yeah, still just totally a newbie, you know? And um, yeah, 20, 21 bikes. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So just to kind of set the stage on, you know, how many bikes that I built. And You've uh, built 21 bikes? And sorry, yeah. you, you took the you took the course in 2016? Yeah. Is that yeah. right? And so that's yeah. in, is that in Abbotsford with Paul Brody? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's wow! You went in hard, man. That's that's great that you've built that much. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a real trip. Like it's, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things about it is it, it's, you know, I've really wanted. I mean, I've been working in shops, and my my dad had a workshop. You know, it's interesting actually listening to, uh, you know, to to uh, some of your previous podcasts, including the one with your mom and so on, <laughs> yeah, and, which was really great. You oh, know? thank you. And um, yeah, so like, I mean, I grew up in Fort McMurray, so maybe just taking a couple of steps back on, you know, where, where things started, which is, you know, which is today is just, um, you know, it's been under kind of the, you know, the whole energy sector, yeah. tar sand type of attack or whatever, right? And, uh, but I mean, I grew up there in the, in the 70s, my, my dad, Mom and dad moved up in 1969, and and it was just a town then, and uh, really cool place to grow up, you know, like fishing and hiking and whatever. I don't think we called it hiking back then. It was like just getting out camping and and uh, and doing that kind of thing. But my my dad always had a shop. I guess what I you know kind of getting to, and it was like it was always um, just just a thing. It was never really anything unusual to me. He just always had tools around and, and it seems maybe a little bit more, a little bit more odd today, you know, to see that, you know, guys with shops and tools and. Yeah. I don't want to tangent too hard, you know, but, it, but it seems, it seems like academics are pushed really hard and um, trades, trades are, are not pushed as hard. And it's interesting because um, yeah, we end up in this deficit where we don't have a lot of, uh, engineering mechanical talent you know out there and um yeah i'm not sure what the catalyst to that was maybe it's just just our generation uh you know it's like you go to school you get a good job and blah 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 and how trades maybe weren't considered a, a good job but but when you look back like it's basically shaped you into this um this you know this engineering kind of working with your hands and building things and creating 
So I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's nice to have a you know a purpose. I mean, it's you know I I started to collect you know not collect but you know have this shop. I finally had, ended up with a house, so we ended up with enough space and and I wanted to I wanted to have a shop at home. I wanted to be able to you know to to you know some sense of self sufficiency around having you know good tools and you know doing your oil you know oil changes and you know and then you for me it's been you know it's been beyond that. It's like okay I'll do you know, more mechanical work, whatever, just dig into something and, uh, and start up with clean, clean up old tools. My dad used to do that quite a bit. He was like, you know, we find a nice old table saw from the fifties and it's like, you know, this is the, you know, best table saw. It's got the most, you know, nickel in the, you know, and, uh, blah, blah, blah. He's just, you know, and, and he would fine tune them back into just beautiful condition. And so, I mean, that's been, ironically it's been you know a real pleasure to 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 do that and then part of it for me is like what am i gonna what's my you know what's my goal in all of this you know am i gonna build something or just gonna have this shop that i can build anything i want to and i started to orientate you know towards you know kind of the, the thing that i really like even my dad's shop when i was a kid you know the thing that i used to do was you know tear my bike apart and i i just loved you know that type of stuff right and that's how you learn and, like uh, you dig in and learn by by tinkering and, and noodling around with yeah. stuff and taking things apart and yeah yeah so it's been it's been a really cool you know journey like just in terms of where this thing is led and now it seemed like i have this you know this really strong sense of direction in terms of what you know, what I want to do with my, you know, my spare time with my, you know, weekends, my evenings. And so some of it becomes a little bit, you know, very, you know, time consuming, obviously, but, um, you know, it's uh, trying to jump over that hurdle of learning and getting, you know, getting some bikes built and getting some fixturing built and making sure the tools are in good shape, making sure I have the right, you know, the right, um, idea around standards and things like that mm. with, uh, and so anyway it's been yeah it's been a really cool journey not to bounce all over the place oh no it's, it's been, fine yeah um and then so uh the the kind of like say years or or months before before um going and taking paul brody's course kind of where were you at like were you were you kind of leaning into more uh like cars and motorcycles at first and then kind of like how did that all evolve just in the last yeah, handful I mean, of, yeah. Yeah. Look, I ended up, you know, picking up a pallet of parts, you know, which had, you know, like old, I always liked motorbikes and, you know, I mean, I remember when I was a kid dreaming about, you know, having some kind of, you know, motorized thing that I could tinker with, you know, beyond my BMX bike. And, and, you know, I ended up like, say, I, I just, we never really had the means, you know, uh, to do that. And, and, uh, so I ended up, um, you know, not that long ago, I guess a couple of years ago before Paul's class, I, I ended up buying a pallet of parts and, um, 1957 panhead motor and transmission and, you know, these old Harley parts and, and built a, you know, built this motorcycle. And I, I thought, well, that's, you know, just one thing at a time and just really focus on, you know, reading and just understanding what, you know, how the, 
how the whole thing went together and, and what I really wanted to get out of it at the end of the day, trying to maintain a, a pretty solid theme of, you know, of what, you know, what the bike was going to look like at the end. And uh, so, yeah, it turned out really cool. I mean, it really was, was, I ended up, uh, you know, getting a, a really awesome paint job done on it and, you know, nothing really, you know, like the typical Harley Davidson, super loud, you know, obnoxious looking. It was more of the bobber style, you know, era. It was 1957, like you'd see, you know, something back then. And and uh, anyway, I dug in on that motorcycle and I built it and it was, you know, ended up, you know, gathering up a few more tools and, and, um, and getting through it and then seeing some success with it. And, and that's what led me, he was like, okay, well, if I've done this and I could, I had a frame, I had a motor, I had a, basically assembled it. And, uh, and I thought, well, well, maybe I can, maybe I can go one step deeper and just get into building a frame. Right. And, um, and so I started to dig around different motorcycle guys and so on and so forth. And lo and behold, Paul's actually, you know, a really old motorcycle, mm. you know, he's got the Excelsior, man, that guy's dug in on, you know, on, on kind of the, being the master craftsman of, of things, you know? And, um, anyway, he, you know, I come across his frame building class and, and, uh, I thought, well, not, that's really cool. So why not go and build a, a bike frame and just dive in without any, you know, without too much inhibition, just j- jump into it. And my brother and I, uh, my older brother and I, uh, we went down and yeah, took the trailer, you know, the RV or whatever down there and, and spent two weeks in Abbotsford and, and built two really cool bikes and spent a lot of really nice time with my brother and a lot of nice time, you know, getting to know Paul a little bit better. And um, and from there, it's been just like the, the door cracked open and then it was like, look at all the stuff behind that door. Yeah. It was like, there's so yeah. many really awesome, you know, awesome things. He introduced me to to nabs and, you know, it's like, well, if you're going to get into building more frames, the challenge is, you know, is you're going to need tooling. You're going to need to understand what, you know, what other builders are doing. There's a community behind it. And so here's where the community resides within nabs. And uh, so my brother and I, you know, booked a ticket and went down just to, just to walk the show in Salt Lake city a few years ago. And then we did the same thing a year later in Hartford, Connecticut. And, um, yeah, you know, that, that just opened up my eyes completely in terms of where, where I wanted to go with this thing. I saw other builders, I saw and talked to people that were super like-minded and, um, liked old tools, liked, you know, got really, really detailed in on, you know, on the different types of, you know, different types of bikes from steel to fillet braze to lug bikes to, you know, to tie bikes, guys laying up their own carbon, et cetera, and so on. It was just like the the whole thing was just a, a really awesome experience to go and see what other other guys are doing, right? You know, yeah. the people were doing. What a what a privilege it, it is to like to be able to take a course like that, right, with a legend like that, and and yeah. learn learn from him, and then use that as a, a launching point for for what you what you're building now it's it's so cool i yeah i really appreciate the hand build sector for sure i i think the interesting part of the whole all of that as well is you know you think you're not just welding tubes together right you're there's so there's so much jig and tooling and and Mm -hmm. there's so much that goes into building a bike um Mm -hmm. what's like what was the most challenging part 
of you know you're building a triangle you're starting to assemble like and weld like what's the most challenging part of getting the bike to like that raw frame state yeah like the front triangle is a relatively straightforward thing it's probably you'd spend you know probably you know other builders may have different opinions on it but spend a very short period of time in the front triangle and then a lot of work is spent on the rear triangle it's like you're building you know you're curving for all my all my bikes are um you know i bend all my uh, seat stays and chain stays and dimple everything and get them you know that's that's probably the biggest challenge is to make sure that you know you have clearance for your chain ring clearance for your tire right. um you know if you're if you're trying to to do something in particular with the function of that bike um you know whether you're adding more compliance in or you're actually trying to get it to be a little bit snappier um you know and, and uh, you know climb better or feel better or whatever the you know the objective is with regards to that bike is try and come up with that concept read about it and then incorporate that into the design of the bike and so you know i've done a lot of reading around that you know and talking with other builders and so on but yeah i mean that's that's the real challenge i think is to make sure like when you're when you're all done and the frame is you know that you're testing the you're putting the tire in you know on the wheel in to make sure that you've got that clearance and you know i mean it's 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 happened to other builders it's going to happen to me at some point in time you build a bike and the bottom bracket isn't backwards you know there's you know, it's going to be those days that are that are like that and you know i've had those days i you know, i built a i built this uh you know bike uh, a couple of years ago uh one of my it's probably like bike number six i guess and um you know, the seat stays were really, really acute to the seat tube. Went to weld it out and started having problems. You know, it's like the final, final welds of the of the bike, right? Yeah. Up in the apex of the, you know, the seat tube and seat stay uh, junction. And burnt a hole through the, ah. you know, side of the stay. And in titanium, it's like, you know, when you start having problems like that, like, you know, there isn't, you know, the old Chris Hadfield is like, there isn't the problem large enough that you can't make any worse <laughs> you can't make it worse you know and i made it worse and 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 it you know ended up scrapping the frame it was uh, and so you, you know you get through the whole thing and and realize that you know that is you know that's your learning curve right there so you know kind of accept what your you know what you're into and if you, you need to keep moving forward you know you got to kind of like the whole keep pedaling concept of you know of perseverance and just keep moving forward. So I ended up cutting the frame apart, trying to make as much, you know, out of the experience as I could. And, um, you know, see what my purging was like to, you know, check some of the weld penetrations, different things like that that ah. I could probably learn out of it. And right. That's and a really, try and, try and come. sorry, yeah. I did interrupt. That's a really good approach is, is like, instead of, instead of losing your mind, which I think I would probably lose my mind. Like if I made a mistake, which like I, that, I yeah. pretty much did anyways. You know? Oh my God, I would lose my mind. But then, but then to like, just yeah. breathe a second and then cut into it and start looking at it. And then you can check your quality, right? That's, so that's a great mm -hmm. way to turn a problem into, you know, a success. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's, it is disappointing. You know, you can look at, you know, whether or not, you know, there's, there's multiple hurdles that you, you think, can, can I, you know, am I able to actually make it over this hurdle or not? You know, like there's a real, you know, the, you, you know, you've talked on the negative talk and, you know, that's a struggle for me too. And it's, 
uh, you end up with, uh, you know, with trying to convince yourself, what did you do? Why did you, why do you have all these tools or, you know, like, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And, um, and then, you know, put your stuff away, turn the lights out in the shop or whatever, and then come back the next morning and, and, uh, have a coffee and, you know, think about what you're doing and realize that, you know, that there's some pretty cool parts of, you know, and there's successes in the future that are going to come. It's, uh, you have to kind of keep the, keep your mind on the, on the objective a little bit, I guess. So let me ask you, you kind of pose the question, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I should probably have a better answer than that. I, I really like to build things. I like to have a sense of purpose. I like to feel part of, you know, part of a community of, of people, you know, see, see something that I built that, you know, maybe, maybe other people, you know, find challenging, really challenging. And, and, uh, you know, there's, there's so much learning in, in this that it continues to, to pull me in and pull me in. So I don't know if I have a, you know, a, an objective type of an answer to it, but it's, it's certainly something that I, I continue to get drawn into, and I really, really have uh, have loved the experience. You know, even the challenging, even the misery to some extent. It's, uh, you know, to look back on it and think, well, that, you know, that's it's in the past behind me, and uh, I can reflect on it and and you know apply that into something that is more positive and and uh, bears a better result and learn a little bit. Maybe I don't make those stays as acute as it did before maybe i can spend a little bit more time up front in the in the plan of how i'm going to approach something like that not get in such a rush you know trying to get trying to get a you know you're trying to build a frame other guys can do it but trying to build a frame in a day is not a not a great objective for me as a young you know as an early amateur builder i guess right it's you know it, it it's breaking it down into step by step by step and making sure that you know, each step is, you know, the quality is applied to each step along the way. And then not getting too, too tense about how, how many steps you have built into this thing and realize, oh man, I could, you know, I could screw this thing up at the final, you know, 2% of the bike and not getting too tied up in that, you know? Yeah. It's really, so this, you know, there's some really thing, those are the, those are the things that I guess I continue to see as, as, pushing myself to persevere and learn and, uh, and, uh, adjust and adapt and then continue to persevere and, and, uh, and, uh, build something that, you know, ultimately is, you know, it's really meets my expectation of quality. And, uh, you know, I really love quality things. It's mm-hmm. not that they, they need to be expensive. They just need to be, you know, they just need to be good. You know? they, they don't make things like and, they used uh, to. That's for sure. You know, so, so it's just like, yeah, to see a, a finely crafted anything is, is pretty awesome. You know, and I, I know, I know Dean Anderson and I know Guy Stewart and I, I mean, from, from my perspective, if I went on Instagram and I saw one of those guys on something that I built, that would blow my mind. Like I'd, I'd be, it'd blow my mind. I'd be so proud that, you know, guys like that you know, are going to take the thing that you built for them with your bare hands and, and use it the way it was meant to be used. Right. 
like guy, those two guys are going to ride the shit out of those bikes. Right. And <laughs> you know, I hope so. I mean, it's awesome. It's like, just, yeah, it's great. I, I've, I've learned so much, honestly. I mean, listening to your, you know, to, you know, your podcast, looking at what Dean's doing, you know, he, he his first, uh, kind of his first kick uh, was, the, I think, the Okanagan 24 on my bike. And, and I'm like, this, this guy's crazy, man. You know, <laughs> this guy rides. And, and anyway, I start, you know, I didn't, I know Dean lives in St. Albert, which is really cool. And he, he sought me out and, and I'm like, well, what, you know, what do you want to do? And, uh, and then he starts describing as, you know, what, what he wanted to do with his bike. And, 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 and so much of it to me is, you know, transitioning the experience that you want to get out of the, you know, the device into something that's functional that beats that, you know, that experience as best as possible. Right. You, and, you know, uh, it's just you, another step. It's like tooling. It's just like tooling. Yeah. You're building a tool for somebody, right. Yeah. And you're taking in that, the information they give you and you're trying to make them the correct tool for, for them. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. It's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was really neat to see, you know, and I, you know, watched him along the, the uh, 24 hour race and in the Okanagan and then, you know, and then uh, the same on his Everest thing, uh, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, that, that's incredible. What, you know, I helped in some small way, you know, to facilitate his experience. Um, you know, Dean's a pretty, obviously he's a very, very uh, incredible individual and, you know, and, and, you know, he's going to do what he's, he's doing one way or the other, whether it's on a bike I built him or it's on his Kona unit or whatever it happens to be. I mean, he's going to find a way to get there, but it's, it's really nice to be part of the, you know, to be pulled in and then, you know, learn about what he's doing and then, you know, help, help him kind of experience that journey, you know, along the way. It's been a real pleasure to, to work with Dean and Guy, you know, both. And, uh, you know, like I said, I saw some pictures that a guy posted and I'm always kind of thinking, oh man, what is it? Is it, you know, is there something that I, is it all working the way that it should? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah, <laughs> and, I understand uh, that. So, but uh, anyway, I mean, they, they've, they've turned out really good, you that's, know, which is great. Awesome. I think it's, yeah, so. What's, what are the main yeah. differences between those two frame belts that like, that distinguish them from one another? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the drivetrain systems are different. You know, I mean, obviously Dean's single speed and and um, and guys being the pinion drive, belt drive, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're both both designed with uh, with fatigue management, you know, compliance built into, so longer stays, um, you know the the fit of the bike and I'm not a fit specialist by any stretch, but, you know, I, I try and pay as close attention to fit as I possibly can do look at, you know, what they're presently riding. And then, you know, so one of the things that, that uh, certainly having a, a little bit more of an upright position, you know, and um, being sure that, you know, that those measurements, the, you know, the reach and stack and so on that the guys are, are really needing are met, you know, to begin with. But, uh, you know, both bikes, you know, obviously serve a similar purpose. Um, although Guy's bike, 
is going to be loaded up a little bit more. So, you know, there was some consideration for that as well, just from a, from a strength and size of tube perspective. Um, you know, Dean Standover is a little bit, uh, you know, uh, less than guys and so on. So there's, you know, there's just those things that when I look at both of those bikes, um, you know, obviously they're, they're made specifically for each, each person, you know, each, each rider. And, um, but yeah, I mean, they're both pretty compliant, you know, not, not squishy, not, you know, but they push back a little bit. Mm. They've got some spring, they've got some feel to it and uh, they'll give a little bit. And that's the beauty of, of titanium really, you know. I always try to explain that to people in. when they're talking about like, uh, like riding steel bikes. Like I'm a pretty, pretty. I, I'm a steel guy. I've always kind of really preferred steel yeah. over aluminum, and I just haven't been able to really afford titanium. Mm-hmm. But when you try to explain to someone that it's like you know, it's kind of the harder, the, the harder you push the the a steel frame, the harder you ride it. It's almost like you can feel it getting more compliant. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it seems like as you're yeah. pushing, as you're pushing the limits of the material, then it starts to kind of give you that, that kind of yeah. dampening. I don't know how else to explain it, but if, if you take that same oh. ride, go for the same ride and get on an aluminum bike, it doesn't matter how hard you push it. <laughs> you never seem no, to find that. Right. Yeah. Just like, it's, it's so like a piece of, you know, old hardwood. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. You know that it's, and, and you're right. It's like, you're absolutely right. I mean, clearly steel and titanium have those qualities. Aluminum is not, you know, it's just way thicker tubing, you know, um, tubing thicknesses. And, you know, you end up with, that's yeah, light, but I mean, but it's super, super stiff. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, I'm sure that there's probably successful aluminum frame builders that have managed to build some of that compliance in. Or maybe there's riders that are looking for that type of extreme stiff ride, you know. I don't know who, but but you know, from from my perspective, I, I agree with you. Like I ride a steel bike, I ride a roadie bike that I you know that I built with the Impulse class, and I love that thing. You know, we were like built some really super wacky stays, you know, seat stays on the back, and and it's a it's a great riding bike. You know, it's really awesome. super and. Uh, you know, so, I mean, preference between tie and steel, I really, you know, I like building with tie and my whole shop's set up for working with titanium. But, you know, I mean, it, it offers the, you know, it offers the, the, you know, the experience that people are looking out of, you know, out of a tie bike. You know, it's just, if, you, if you've done your homework and you know, then it's like, well, okay, titanium is the material. And... Um, especially in our neck of the woods and what we're doing, you know, in off-road conditions and so on, it's just super resilient, you know? I'd be afraid, um, and this is just, this is, again, I, I have never ridden a tie bike, but I would always worry for me, cause I'm, you know, I'm between 190, 200 pounds and I'm, I'm almost probing a little bit. I'm getting information about maybe building a mm-hmm. bike one day, <laughs> possibly through you actually. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah. but, um, I, I would worry that it's, so I'm, I'm, I'm heavy ish and you know, I, I think I'm pretty strong. Like I'm kind of a burly guy and I would, I would be afraid yeah. that the, I would, I would whip that frame too much. Like it would be, it would be almost mm-hmm. too compliant. And that would be a, I don't know if that would be a good thing. Are there ways to build it, to stiffen it? Like tube, yeah. tube thickness? Yeah, totally. I mean, tube diameter is really the, you know, is what, 
provides that torsional, um, you know, pull back basically, or that torsional feel. So the, it's not so much the two thickness. So, you know, whether you're using 035 wall or 028 wall or 049, in terms of tubing thickness, it's really the tubing diameter that helps with, uh, you know, the uh, adding or subtracting the, you know, the stiffness or compliant feel on the bike. And so on, you know, like the typical, you know, old BSA bottom bracket, um, you know, one, you know, 1.65 inches in diameter, um, you know, you're seeing tie builders build with, the, you know, larger bottom brackets, T47, you know, mm -hmm. to add some of that more, you know, torsional stiffness in the, in the frame, adding um, bridge tubing in between, whether it's the chain stays, which some builders do and some don't, and depends on the rider. Um, but, you know, for, for you, for me, you know, I'm also a heavier uh, rider. I, you know, I build with a nice big, you know, large diameter uh, down tube. So 1625 diameter with a T47 bottom bracket with uh, probably, a, um, you know, one and three, seven, five seat tube and top tube. And, um, and just try and try and, you know, build into that bike a little bit more stiffness. And, and you can do it. It's, it's definitely doable. No question about it. It, it really doesn't take, you know, you had one bridge tube in a particular area and it's unbelievable how much more rigidity, you know, I don't know if rigidity is the right word, you know, just how, how much stronger the bike feels. Like it's, I cold set my stays from time to time. If, you know, if I have to, everything moves on your welded and so on. I'm cold setting things There's, you know, if I add a bridge tube in the chain stays, it is like, there's a point in, in where, you know, you're yielding the, you know, the frame back into the 142 or 148 millimeter axle spacing. And there's a point where it just says, nope, I'm done. I'm, you know, you're not putting me any further than that. And it's unbelievable how, you know, how, uh, how just adding, you know, a small tube in between some tubes and making another triangle yet again, uh. you know, how much more rigidity you can get into or more, more torsional strength you can get out of the frame. So cool. That's good information. And, uh, yeah. That's good. Information. Cause I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to have it feel so like just whippy, you know, no, underneath yeah. me. And then if yeah, you, mushy, like, right. Yeah. And then plus if you're heavy and then you're carrying another, whatever, 20, 30 pounds of stuff. And what about it? Where do you stand yeah. on, um, so when I think of what I've been doing the last handful of years with bikes is trying to have multiple wheel sets because, um, you know, my, yeah. my one fat bike, I can go like, you know, an 80 mil rim and then go to like, uh, I think 42 or something, mm -hmm. um, 29 or, or 27 plus or, and then, you know, that's something else I'd like to, uh, that would be kind of my quiver killer ask kind of thing is that I would like mm -hmm. one really wicked frame that I could, that I could put in like a five inch tire and then 29 plus 29, 27, like, and, yeah, and right. gear it or single speed. It. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, you know, there's, you know, it's like, okay. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's no Swiss, there's probably Swiss army knife bikes out there, but there's no real Swiss army knife bike that does one good thing. I don't think so you know, either. To that extent. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, it, it, it comes back to the experiences of, okay, well, what are you planning on doing with the bike? And then, you know, trying to, if, if you want the best experience out of it, then, you know, you're probably going to end up and you do already, you have a couple of different bikes and frames and so on that, you know, get you down these different paths. Right. 
terms of what you like to do. I mean, there's 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 obvious uh, areas where yeah, I mean, you can go 29, you know, 2.6, um, 2.8, get the, the 27 and a half by three and you're 27 plus, and um, you know, and, and you can do those types of things when you start getting into the larger, you know, where you're where you're really pushing out the Q factor in the bottom brackets now 100 millimeters wide to get your five inch tire in there. It's like you know, I don't think you want to ride that single speed with the 27 and a half by three and in, um, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you do. Don't. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> no, the experience, maybe you do, but no, you, you make know, a really good the, point. The experience is going to be different, you know. It's just you might you might feel that you've made a, a sacrifice in trying to get all three things or two things, mm. maybe, you know. Um, and uh, and then you end up with you know, just a, I think hopefully a better experience at the end of the day. It's like you know, one of the I, I was uh, we we're in Italy um, a number of years ago handful of years ago and and uh so look just totally digging into you know like italian frame builders and you know can i go and visit somebody's shop and i you know i just i'm not i'm not the obnoxious you know knock on your door without an appointment type of thing but anyway i'm like hey you know i'm coming to you know your neck of the woods would you mind if i popped in and i really dig your stuff and and uh, so anyway, I, I had the opportunity to go and visit Darren Crisp, uh, Crisp Titanium, and the um, guy builds beautiful titanium bikes. He's a Texan living in, in uh, Italy. And uh, and anyway, he's like, you know, the, the, he said the worst thing that I'd, I kind of envision with finding any of my frames is that, you know, somebody's somebody that I built a frame for a couple of years later, they're selling it out on eBay, you know, eBay somewhere. You know, it's one of those types of things that, you know, you're really trying as a builder to, you know, to, to hit, hit the mark. And the people talk about bike for life, you know, when they talk titanium bikes and it's like, you know, can you build that bike for life? And, and um, you know, so hopefully that's the, you know, the end point in building something that is, is not going to cover all the spectrum, but it covers maybe one or two spectrums really, really well, you know, so... At least in my experience right now, and I'm maybe if I were, you know, I had 1,500 frames behind me, I'd be like, yeah, mm. can do, we can do this, we can do that, you know. So. Yeah, I think it, you just instantly changed my mind on the 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 Quiver Killer because yeah, that I haven't ridden single speed on a on like a hundred mil bottom bracket, but I can imagine it would be not very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. different leverages. Like, I think it's more beneficial to have like narrow narrow key factors so you're really standing on the bike and you can really lever on it hmm well then i'm gonna have to reconsider what i was what i was yeah. planning on a build you know, then, yeah then definitely when you when you run out of you know to 100 millimeter bottom bracket um you know versus a 73 or an 83 you know um, you're taking your that torsional value away it's not uh, you're going to give some you know some of that uh, torsional value up and you're going to end up with something that maybe feels a little bit mushy. You won't feel it oh, on yeah. a fat bike, but you'll feel it on a 29 or by two six. And it's like, you know, what, yeah. And then, then again, it becomes one of those things that like, well, I, you know, I kind of really like riding it with five inch tire, but I hate, you know, riding it with the, you know, with 29 or, you know, I wish it was more than this, you know. That's so. really interesting. It's funny how a builder looks at, at geometry and forces in, in a specific way. Like I never would have thought of it that way, having 
single speeding something with a hundred mil bottom bracket, it's just, it would just be, you have this huge lever, yeah. right. And you're never going right. to really be able to stiffen that up. Yeah. That's why you're the, that's why they pay the big bucks, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Two fifty an hour <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like with a decimal point in there. <laughs> I listened, yeah. I listened yeah, to you speak on, um, was it the shut up and build bikes podcast? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. With and it, Joe, yeah, Rogan Buck, yeah. Yeah, it was super tech. Like, it was the way you guys were just talking about machines. I listened to the whole thing, but it was like, I don't have no idea what they're talking about. Talking about equipment and lathes, and and um, so I can't really match you there intellectually with the uh, the technical side of things. So that's why I've been leaning more on, you know, end product type stuff. Well, I, you know, I mean, leading into this, I mean, you and I were chatting back and forth a little bit about trying to set the date of, you know, of this discussion, and and like, I mean, honestly, I mean, I've been, you know, listening to your podcast too. And I'm like, I'm terrified to talk to this guy. Like, I don't, you know, some of, some of the, 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 you know, guys that you or people, you know, ladies and gentlemen that you've been talking with back and forth, I'm like, wow, I'm just blown away. Like, Me too. Honestly, Me too, you know? man. Like, <laughs> like even t- I was nervous to talk to you as well. So it's like, uh, I didn't think we'd be able to have like an intellectually, you know, equal yeah. conversation because you're in a totally, totally different yeah. kind of the nerd mechanic world and and i'm not really there i told you i don't i you know what i'm going to tell you the story so we we had talked that i i kind of did machine shop a little bit yeah. in school and um i i thought i was really good at it I, I really enjoyed it it was the only place where math made sense to me it's like yeah. you're sitting at a desk and they throw formulas down you're just like oh, well, you know but when you're trying to figure out a taper or a thread pitch or the speed or feed it's like well, that's tangible. I could, I could deal with yeah. that. So then we did uh so I grew up in deeper River Ontario and n- near deeper River Ontario was, um, uh, chalk river nuclear laboratories, um, atomic yeah. energy of Canada. Wow. And they had a crazy machine shop there. Right. Obviously. Mm. Cause they just, they built yeah. everything like they needed. They just built it. So I remember going in there and I saw a bunch of dudes in white lab coats and like, <laughs> like <laughs> the black rimmed, uh, you know, like safety glasses of the, it must've been the eighties. I don't know. Late eighties, I guess. Yeah, it totally yeah. turned me off. I'm so embarrassed to oh, even wow, say that, but it's just, it, it, it's kind of like if someone told me, yeah, but you could be building bikes, you could be building BMX yeah, right. bikes or you could be, it was just, it, it, it looked like that was the end goal of, of, of machining and it just completely yeah. turned me off. And I'm so embarrassed yeah. actually telling that story. But if any kids mm-hmm. listen to this, that's don't listen to that. Don't listen to that stupid total voice BS, in your head. Yeah. It's total bullshit. Don't yeah. listen to that voice because um, I think we all, sometimes we stumble into these talents. Like for you, you were nurtured. You know, that's your nature. You well, know, was being yeah, but I mean, mechanically inclined. It, it's taken me, you know, till my late forties to figure out that I could actually build, sh- you know, build bikes with these <laughs> in my shop. It's like, you know, Must I mean, I, 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 you know, I worked in, in industry. I worked as a, as a truck driver. You know, I started as a tire man um, in a truck shop for a heavy transportation company in, in Fort McMurray. And then I, you know, kind of went into into driving truck and winch tractors and, you know, running cranes and, you know, run anything, you know, type of thing. And uh, it was fantastic. It was, a, it was like on, it was like going to, you know, going, my friends of mine went to university. I went down that path and, and uh didn't have i wanted to go to school so bad like i just i just i couldn't dig it holding uh, you back right probably yeah you know and ended up 
you know, ended up really finding, you know, all these guys and mentors and, you know, camaraderie within, uh, you know, within that environment of guys that would, you know, can you show me how to do that? I was like, yeah, I'll show you how to do this, you know, and uh, teach you, you know, yell at you, do whatever. I mean, it was all the whole experience, you know, like, and it was really great. It was really great. I spent better part of, you know, better part of uh, 14 years in the field, 15 years in the field. And, um, and then we started having kids and then we started, you know, and I, I moved into the office from there. And, and, uh, and so I just went to work and it was like one of those things. I, I didn't really have any time to do anything uh, other than work and pay a mortgage and, and do those kind of things. And, and um, so when I, when I started to, you know, to, to, you know, when our kids got a little bit older, we have two daughters and, and uh, they're both, you know, in their mid twenties and early twenties now. And um, I, I, you know, I said, well, I want to be at home. I want to be able to make sure that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grounded somewhere. So people, you know, with my family, we can spend time. I can shut the lights out in the shop and go, you know, back in the house and do whatever and just be part of the family and, and, uh, and be there. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's taken, you know, I guess the long story, it's taken me all that time to kind of get into something that I've really loved to begin with, which is really weird. I really love working in my dad's shop and I really love working and tinkering on bikes and, you know, changing chain rings and, you know, and handlebars and, and tires and then go riding. And, you know, so then I'm, now I'm kind of down, I'm, I'm, I'm back in that environment. Like I'm back and I have full control on, you know, on this environment that I'm in and, and I'm able to build, you know, some really cool things. And it's been great. It's interesting it's um, how uh, you spend so much time or some, some people spend so much time resisting what's really calling to them, yeah. you know, going back to the, the idea of, uh, you know, pushing, pushing kids into academics rather than trades. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's like th- some of those kids are probably like, yeah, but I just want to work on cars or I just want to, yeah. you know, be a, a heavy duty mechanic or all I want to do is dri- drive a loader like up in up North. Right. Yeah. And y- y- they spend so much time like trying to convince them otherwise, you know, and then until they find their, their calling, they, they stumble upon it like you did. Um, yeah. So did you, did you retire from, from work or were you a unfortunate, uh, like a gas worker kind of casualty or what kind of no, drove I've, you into it? Yeah. Like I, I've been, I'm still really busy. Like I, I, uh, I, I work with the, the parent company, the Mullen group of okay. companies based out of Okotoks. And uh, so I look after two of their businesses for them. And uh, one, like, so with pre pre equipment is the heavy transportation company that, uh, that I started with back in the late eighties in McMurray. Um, I, I, I left that company in 2004, they're owned by Mullen and I went to work for another company owned by Mullen, um, and in a general manager role and then, you know, more of an executive role today. And so I'm still, still very much involved in that day to day and very fortunate to, to know that, um, um, you know, on the, on the Canadian dewatering company that that side of things we're very very busy it's a robust business it's uh, we're across western canada with about 175 people 
and um, we do everything from municipal pumping, you know, uh, wastewater to the High River and Calgary flood environment, places like McMurray and so on that flood out, um, to commercial diving and barging and dredging and, you know, work around water. We do all sorts of work around water. And um, so it's a, it's a great business, great, great people. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're, we're very fortunate on that pre-May side, given what's going on with COVID right now, where we're, yeah, we've got part of the business furloughed and then part of the business is still active in McMurray. And back where, actually where I kind of cut my teeth on doing the same job, that, that, uh, that contract still exists and, and rotates 24-7. So. Where do you find the time, man? <laughs> where do you find the time to do what you're doing? I don't know, Mike. You know, I mean, you need, I mean, I think, you you know, you can, what do you choose to do with your spare, you know, your spare time or your unoccupied time? It's like, I don't know. I I, I love spending time, you know, with, uh, with uh, our family, you know, and, um, but I also really know that I need to have some type of a, you know, something that's really drawing on my, you know, on my psyche, you know, and always pulling me in and, and learning new things. And, you know, you, you mentioned the, you know, the common to, you know, freezing water never, you know, oh, yeah. or, you know, moving water never freezes type of thing, yeah. which is 11 feet a second, by the, by the way, <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> has to move 11 feet a second. Oh, that's really um, slow. I can manage that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, just having something that I can continue to dive into and, uh, and keep my brain, you know, rotating and, and, um, you know, so I don't know, you just, you find the time, you know, you don't occupy it with other things that, you know, that maybe are, 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 uh, you know, don't have as much meaning perhaps, right. I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's important so, to find something meaningful. I know I've been watching my dad after retirement and um, he started just doing these woodworking pieces and, and you know, he, same thing, he built a shop in the basement, like all, all wood related stuff. And then he goes, he collects wood from different places and he makes these, I think they're masterpieces. They're these beautiful, like multi-layered, he'll use different colors of wood and layer them up and, oh, yeah. and, uh, but to watch him progress from, from the first couple things he did to the stuff he's doing now is just like, holy yeah. cow, man, it's just, you know, yeah. being focused and, and, you know, yeah, doing something useful to occupy time and yeah. And then in your, in, in your case and uh, giving back, right. Giving back to the, to the cycling yeah. community by, you know, making awesome shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, you know, I mean, and, and then being part of a, you know, a different community than, you know, than just the work community too. Cause I mean, my, both my job, you know, both companies that I look after are, you know, that they are, you know, they're busy organizations. They're, you know, they're they're both great organizations and very fortunate to be, you know, kind of, a, you know, at the forefront of, of both of them. And, um, but I, I, you know, I can't be in that 100% of the time. You know, it's, uh, I come home, I need some type of a, something between, you know, the, that career, that job, that, you know, that intense focus and something between, that in my family so that I, you know, when I go back after whatever's blowing up at, you know, at work that I can find and ground and neutral what is going on and then, you know, then get into the family. So I'm not bringing all of that anguish into, you know, 
uh, from time to time. You know, it's not always the case, but but no. bringing that into uh, into uh, my my home environment, which is yeah. ultimately the most important. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, you're you're. Uh, yeah, it's just again, it's so important to have a way to, to just blow off steam, right? So, what are you working yeah. on right now? Can you? Is it all top secret? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one one little project is top secret. I'll be able to reveal it maybe after the weekend. Oh, cool. Be a, kind of a cool thing. So, um, you know, I mean, this whole thing has been really amazing. Just you know, every every bike is is the beginning of a relationship. It's like you know, mm. um, everybody wants something you know in particular, unique, and so on. So it's like gets me going down you know this path with with a person of an individual with learning what they what they do or what they're involved in and so on so but uh yeah no i've got i actually have a kind of a frame like right here that i just tacked up earlier today and uh, that's, that's for uh yeah that's got opinion on it right it does yeah, yeah and cool. it's uh it, more of an urban you know urban bike a guy that that uh you know commutes and rides his bike every day you know in and out of in and out of work wants something that's uber reliable and yeah and quiet and you know and he's at a point where he's uh, he's had uh, you know bikes all of his life and you know he's kind of going to this to the next level so to speak and so yeah i've got that if uh it's not working on i've got uh, dean anderson's bikes in the shops kind of right in behind me i've got a few uh, really neat things going on with with that with um with uh, doing some i mean actually uh, one of the local guys here in Edmonton who's a, who does a bunch of work with CAD and CAM and, um, and design work has given me a hand to, to dive a little bit further into Fusion 360 on, uh, on the design software. Oh, okay. And then on the CAM, CAM software, I have, a, I have a CNC mill in my shop, so um, I want to be able to you know, start building certain things, you know, I, you know, I don't really have a hundred percent direction, but I, I do want to start diving into into more CNC work. Right, and, like like uh, dropouts just, and and stuff like that. Yeah, mm, like cool. dropouts, or even, I mean, I'll probably start with fixturing, just improving some of my fixtures, and then I'll end up with you know getting more experience with the CNC and with CAM and work holding and all of that experience, and then turning that into into yokes, into into things mm -hmm. that are you know maybe very specific to 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 then my bike you know it's like okay that's a rolling deal you know this or mm. that and it's got you know some you know some features around it um, like your signature you know, right, right? kind of like a signature yeah right yeah like like krista yeah. kerf's kind of like uh his dropout yeah. shape at the back there yeah totally you know right. and you know so i mean it takes that that's the journey it's it, it's going to take some time you can't just come out of the gate with hey i'm going to design this really amazing part and and it's like, well, yeah, but you know, why did you design it that way? It's so I want to get through a number of bikes and and at the same time develop my, you know, my kind of get my chops up on on the CNC side of things and cool. and uh, milling and and that type of thing. And uh, yeah, and um, no, I mean, other than that, I'm just trying to stay grounded, you know, one thing at a time and not uh, not get too many things going on in the shop at any given time. So um, I've got a a touring bike um, that I'm delivering kind of it's sitting in the shop in behind me or behind, you know, the, the camera or whatever. And uh, it's uh, so I'm, I've got some work to do to it. It's been 
uh, a lot of work, just bikes with fenders and bikes with racks and pinion and SNS couplers and, you know. Oh, you're doing those like, oh, too, man. huh? Crazy. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, man. It's, it's, uh, it's been, you know, that's been a, a journey learning, you know, again. And I chalk it up to, you know, to exactly that. It's like, you know, if you don't, don't dive into it, um, you know, then you'll never know about it. So, you know, just keep keep moving forward. So I've got that bike going out and, uh, yeah, and then I've got, uh, my brothers, I'm, uh, building a hardtail for my brother and my, and myself. So we're going to have kind of not matching bikes, so to speak, but, you know, we're going to have similar, you know, similar bikes and go and spend a bunch of time in the river Valley and uh, in Edmonton this summer and just, uh, go bomb around and do a bunch of single track and, and just, uh, get out and ride a little bit more, you know, too. So, Product testing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bye, honey. Product yeah. testing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. So, yeah. No, that's cool. Now you could like start, you, like, could you start making your own stems and um, that kind of product, stem caps, that kind of thing? Like, you could really, uh, mm-hmm. like, after. But I, I think it's it's cool. It seems like your attitude is, is attitude toward growth is kind of very organic. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like almost as, as needed. It's like, oh, I really need to build this. I wish I could build this part, right? Or this mm-hmm. tool or whatever, and then grow that. And then it just keeps leading you and you learn. And yeah, that's a, that's a good adv- advice for anyone. Just yeah. know, take your time, learn the craft, grow organically. Yeah. yeah. Cool. It's going to be a bit of a, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to uh, you know, find a flow in things, it's like you, you have to, you have to figure out what the speed is of, you know, of, of what it is you're doing. And uh, if you, if you get in front of it, it's like, you know, the, the alignment comes off. It doesn't feel right. If you get, you know, too far behind or you're doing something, the alignment is off. So it's really just trying to find a good flow. Um, I, I don't, you know, to your point, I, I have a website, but it's under, it's, it's under maintenance and it's sitting there. I, I mean, it's all built and it's ready to go, but I don't, you know, part of it too is, you know, is uh, I'm not, I don't want to push it. Right. So we know, have so much time. Know. Like you have all this time. Yeah. Why aren't you working on your website? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, outsource. Yeah. You got to outsource that. Yeah. Now, How about you? I mean, I've been, I've been uh, digging in and listening to your podcast about the BC, you know, Epic 1000. That's too bad. It canceled uh, obviously yeah. for obvious reasons this year, but, yeah. uh, but uh, those are super intriguing. Like I'm kind of getting my head wrapped. I don't know if I would do that or not. You yeah, know, you would just, just do it. it. I mean, I, yeah, just do it. Just, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. Know? It's, you just, you're just going for a bike ride. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't have to ride 24 hours a day or, you know, just yeah. set reasonable expectations. And, and that I've, I'm, I, I've, I haven't done that many, but, but that, uh, that as a kind of a rookie route for me was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Like as a first, wow. my first legit, you know, kind of attempt and, and uh, feeling yeah. really good physically and stuff. It's just such a beautiful, um, mellow, and you can find food everywhere. And there's hotels everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like super safe, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you'd have a blast on that. Yeah. Oh, man. Totally. I mean, yeah. Guy's done it. I don't know how many times. I mean, what, like three times or something? He's done, wow. he's done it a pile of times. It, well, maybe I'm speaking yeah. of that. I figured he'd done it at least a couple times. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, don't even hesitate. Yeah, to do it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it sounds it sounds fantastic. I always like you know. I mean, I, I like getting 
you know, learning, learning and, you know, getting kind of approaching things small and then, you know, working up a bit of a kit and, you know, you know, probably end up packing too much stuff. Maybe. I don't know. No, you totally well. Everyone does. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> so you've got projects on the go. What's turnaround time usually for for a frame? Yeah, I mean, if it's uh, you know fairly straightforward, I'm you know I build a frame in about a week. So oh, okay. you know if it's if I have the time, you know from start to finish, I can get a frame done and you know in a Monday to Friday type of thing. You know, other things come into play, you know, with uh, with work and so on. So I I really try and manage my you know my lead time so that I'm not you know under under delivering over promising mm. type of, um, you know, expectations from that perspective. So, you know, my, I generally try and, and give about, um, you know, about, a, about a month, you know, in, in a build time and, and then try and deliver, you know, in advance of that. So yeah, it's, it's important. You know, I think it's, you build one bike at a time and it's, you know, and, uh, and the focus is on quality, but you still, you know, people don't want to be waiting for weeks and weeks on end after, you know, after what would be the delivery, you know, expectation, right? So, so I'm trying to manage that and uh, just, you know, having a little bit of spare time, you know, from time to time too. Man, I think a month, a month is pretty reasonable, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like from the IT world, it was always when people asked you, okay, when, when is this going to be done? You, in your head, you're like, well, it's probably going to take me two hours, but you tell them four. Yeah, you just right. double it. Great, you know. <laughs> just double yeah. it. Yeah, because you never know, sure. right? Yeah. So do you? I have... know, I've got. Uh, I've got like. I mean, I'm delivering, and you know, my my delivery right now is you know kind of late July, August is when you know when my you know when I'd be able to build now and then be able to deliver you know a bike with you know without a significant amount of complexity to it. So, yeah. Um, but pinion bikes and uh, and hardtails and gravel bikes and most type are, you know, are uh, have a pretty nice flow to them right now. So actually, that's yeah. what I, you know when I when I told you I was I was starting my uh, kids' bedtime procedures. That was kind of a joke, like a welding joke, okay. you know, for the procedures. <laughs> but so when someone says I want a pinion bike, how how does you uh, as a as a rookie builder find the procedures and the geometry specs or whatever to actually integrate that part? into your frame where do you find that yeah right i mean right from the manufacturer's opinion i've got a great um amount of detail you know that included because they're you know they're incorporating a new drive system into the marketplace and so uh, that, that's the beauty of navs you know for me was to go there and you know you stand right in front of the opinion gates guy talk to them about you know about their product um, you know, initially they were like, well, we're going to mass produce these and these are not going to be, you know, and then they changed their mind. It's like, yeah, we're going to give, you know, we're going to sell these one at a time to, you know, to builders. And, and, uh, and then they really turned their focus towards, it seemed like turned their focus towards, you know, the, the, uh, the custom uh, builder world, even though they're, you know, they're producing for, for other bike companies and so on. But uh, they, they have a very, very, detailed set of you know here's you know here are the angles here's what your tolerances are here's you know how to um you know to design the you know the frame to a large degree also i also use uh, uh bike cad which is a really great software uh brett uh, brent curry out of uh, in ontario 
Canadian guy, uh, developed this bike CAD software that that I would say to a large degree most frame builders are using. Hmm. Um, it's fantastic software. It has all the dropouts. It has the pinion bridge. It has you know different yokes, and you can curve and bend stays, and you can add different radiuses and tube diameters, and it's a fantastic product. And so I'm able to take the pinion bridge, move it into that, and you know, and use this software to uh, to help um, you know with the final design at the end of the day. And, uh, cool. But yeah, there's there's a lot of information um, you know within within the OEM um, you know world of the original equipment manufacturer world, or uh, um, where manufacturers will provide a bunch of information on you know how to put their product in your you know in your product, and um, so that's been really good. So. That's cool. I thought that information would be a lot harder to find for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just my my IT background and trying to get information could be really tough, especially if it's proprietary mm-hmm. information. So it's it's cool that they're saying, well, here's here's the pinion box and then here's how you can put it into your own stuff. I think that's great and make it mm-hmm. available to, to yeah. you know, hobby builders and that's cool. Yeah, right. And I mean, there's a, then there's the community of, of frame builders too, mm. right? So you, you know, there's there's guys that I went to to United Bicycle Institute. I took a course down there in Nashville, Oregon, um, just shortly after Paul's course, also in titanium frame building. And I ended up meeting a you know few classmates, so to speak, and a couple of those guys spun out and, and started their own thing. And um, and then we met at NABs, and then you go and talk to other builders, and and you see what you know what other builders are doing with that particular uh, pinion bridge, and maybe steel, or that particular you know geometry, and and just chat guys up, chat people up, other builders, and and see what they're doing. I mean, it, the the bicycle is is it's such a crazy, incredible, simple thing, you know, yeah. and um, and so. And we're not trying to reinvent, you know, anything. Just incorporating, you know, certain components and uh, making sure that it doesn't stray too far off of what is a, you know, what has to be functional, functional first, and and not get too crazy on the, you know, what the form of the thing looks like. It's like, okay, well, it has to has to perform really well first and foremost, and then and then maybe you add a. a curve in the down tube for a fork or you add something that you know maybe a little bit more aesthetics or you add a bridge tube in you know to you know to to do something you know cool you know or curve the top tube you know which i've done on a handful of bikes Mm, uh, i saw some pictures yeah it looks cool kind of like that uh what am i trying to think like a moon moon man kind of style yeah 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 that's cool so so you know anyway it's just trying to get to making sure that this stuff works really really well first and then uh, then dive into some of the you know the form things and there are guys that are doing incredible like oddity cycles and, mm. and uh, you know you name it i mean it's just that's the neat part of again going to nabs and to be going there as a builder too so i went you know i took a couple of bikes down to sacramento in 2019 and uh, and showed in their new builder row and and you just get a whole different you know level of conversation going on again, you know, talk to Steve Potts and talk to Brad Bingham and talk to, you know, to some of the most prolific builders That's around cool. guys that have welded 4,000 frames and, and they have all the time in the day, you know, for you, which is really awesome. You know, 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Actually, I do have yeah. a technical question for you. Yeah. So that bike, my uh, my Chromex Surface 29er, I shopped and I actually I think I reached out to Oddity to to because I reached out to some Canadian manufacturers and they didn't either didn't get back to me or or they they said no you can't do that but I wanted to put a rigid fork on that bike. Yeah. And the axle to crown is really long though because it's it's mm. like I think it's five eighty because it's got a super oh, wow. sh- super short head tube right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, There's and the issue. Yeah. so that is the issue, right? It's like that's the, part of the issue. The leverage angle, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how much force you can apply, you know, to to that. I mean, obviously, suspension fork is going to have that, you know, that uh, cushion, that you know, compliance on what's going on. Yeah, it also punches too, and that's the other, you know, bad part of you know suspension forks. But it's, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think. The what's the head tube length on it? Is like 105, or is it a shorter than that? I don't, know. I don't know if I have a tape measure around. Yeah. Keep, keep talking. Yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it could could very well be you know that you get into these um, you know big steeper angles like 64 degree you know head tube angles oh, uh, for down downhill, right? And um, it's like how much? Yeah, I don't have a tape. You know, you just don't want to have a problem as a builder. It's like, yeah, no, you know, it only takes, you know, one mega failure to, uh, to create the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So. I remember a buddy of mine back in Whistler, he put a, he put a, a monster T on his, uh, specialized, um, damn it. It wasn't the big hit. It was the one kind of before the big hit that I think that spawned the big hit, but he snapped the head tube off of it. <laughs> You know, and he was downhilling in the Whistler Park kind of in the early days when it wasn't as buff as it is now. It was like super rooty and gnarly. And yeah, he just yeah. busted the head tube right off of it. Wow. Rick. Right. Yeah. God. Um, so yeah. And it's then I. terrifying. Yeah. And I see these bikes built with these super slack, you know, 64, like 64 degree head angle. And one, they just look crazy. They look, especially mm-hmm. in a hardtail, it's such a weird. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine that, that. I don't even know what kind of force that would be you know, yeah. as, as you hit a well, huge right. drop. Yeah. And then, you know, you think, okay, if you're a 145 pound rider or 190 pound rider, you'd be like, mm. you know, which one are you? And then as a builder, you take that into, into, you know, into put that into context. It's like, eh, yeah, maybe not. You know, it's, and, and I guess a lot of that was like, would I ride that bike? You know, I'm 212 pounds or 210 pounds, you know, why do I jump on a bike with a 64 degree head angle and, and 95 millimeter, you know, head tube. Um, and would I go and, you know, and, and pound that thing, you know, down a, you know, single track somewhere, even in the river valley. And, you know, what would happen? It's like, uh, maybe not. I just, I would try and, you know, again, as a young and newer builder, uh, young is not the right word, but <laughs> a new, fifties, <laughs> fifties, uh, the new 20 or forties, right. the new 20. <laughs> God. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, as a, I, you know, you just hate to have some type of an experience like that. And so then you, you know, you just go back to your, you know, your principles and say, well, no, no. Yeah. How about no, you know? Do you ever feel like you know too much? No. You, in no. that respect, like you, because I would think that because I I'm I'm pretty technical and and you know I can I understand the forces and stuff and I would know too much to feel comfortable riding a bike like that. I think you know yeah. I'm not saying I'm a brilliant 
athlete or anything, but just everything we were just talking about, just jump on a bike with a 64 degree head tube and just go, it just seems so weird to me. Like I would be thinking about it the whole time that I'm going to collapse. This mm-hmm. bike's going to collapse. I'm going to have to go to the dentist because my teeth are yeah, going to be right. pushed in. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm yeah. sure that's not happening. Like... I'm sure that's not happening, but it's just, there's this odd, there's this odd thing going on right now with super slack head tubes and really steep seat tubes. And I don't really understand yeah. that. I think it's a, it has something to do with placement, weight distribution between the axles or something like that. I'm not really sure, but they just look weird. Just a weird yeah. aesthetic to them. Yeah, Super for tech. sure. I mean, it, yeah, I don't want to have to pack a neck brace on my, you know, <laughs> bike, you know. What's that, man? Oh, it's like a neck brace. Oh, God. Yeah, wear a full face with a neck so, brace on it now. But um, yeah. I don't know, it's, like... I think I'm still pretty traditional. I come from that old school background. So, so that mm-hmm. Brody up on the wall there, that, that has a, I think it's a, it's steep. Like it's 71 or 72, I think. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and you know, what's everything now? 60, 66, 68. It yeah. Seems 67, to be 60. Yeah. In between yeah. 66, 68, you know, you see the Norco torrent, you know, down, down into that 64, you know, range, but you know, they've got strap, you know, they've got some extra strapping mm-hmm. underneath the, uh, you know, the down tube and, um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, you're just pushing the envelope and, and really is the changing much of the experience for the, you know, for that rider, you know, at the end of the day, or is it just really a, you know, a form thing? It's like, well, look at how cool that is. You know, it's really super slack and, uh, I love how my cool bike looks, you know, like, yeah, but you know, does it really, make a difference in in your day-to-day you know what you're doing with the thing you know maybe the super cool yeah i can certainly imagine it it being a pretty nice ride like Mm -hmm. that that's you were talking about though like we were talking about the one bike quiver i I don't think i would that wouldn't be a candidate for that i think i just feel like it'd be too floppy but it would be super fun to let that thing open that thing up because it would because it's so chopped out everything you hit is going to be sucked up you know Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, 150, you know, 150 or 180 mil travel fork on, you know, the front and, yeah. just, you know, and just go, right. How do you keep up to, how do you keep up to date on all these technologies and changes in the industry? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, probably, I mean, certainly the, you know, the, the frame builder community there, you know, I follow a ton of guys on Instagram and, and there are some really incredible, you know, I mean, Krista Kerf, uh, Sam Whittingham, uh, Peter Veradone, um, you know, Brad Bingham, there are like uh, gurus, you know, in the, in the, um, you know, in the frame building world that, you know, that they're just putting out really great information all the time and they're not afraid to challenge the, you know, the latest standard and new standard. So I, I try and dig in on some of the, you know, what they're writing, what they're, you know, what they're posting. Um, they're, they're really good. And they're, you know, they they don't, you know, they don't make any bones about, you know, about calling it out, you know, the standard sucks or the <laughs> standard is, you know, is, uh, you know, what the hell, or, you know, or this came out 35 years ago, didn't work then, you know, why is it back again? Right? And so, you know, there's, you know, there's that. And that's really good reading. I, I, you know, I try as best I can to, you know, to pay close attention to what those guys are saying. They've been down, you know, down these paths before. And, yeah. uh, you know, and they ride a ton too, you know, that's the other thing, you know, all those guys that just mentioned, you know, ride, you know, all the time too. 
And um, so, yeah, it's trying to tune into, you know, to what they're saying. Ages, ages of, you know, to me is not relative in that, you know, experience is relative. And so, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, I'm low on the experience totem pole. And so then I'll, you know, look up to those guys and, and really try and pay close attention to what they're saying and try and absorb that and put that into, into my frames and not, I'm not here to make cutting edge, you know, design changes in my frames with 21 under my belt. It's like, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that frame builder. You know, there are other guys that should be doing that and are doing that. And so, uh, you know, I don't think I need to be the guy that is trying to come up with something that's really um, going to trend an industry in a particular direction when I don't have the experience, you know, to do that. Right. It's interesting after you, um, I'm sure I'd get the same sense from riding one of your bikes, but I know with uh, my Chromag bikes, uh, the, these bikes have a have kind of a soul to them. It's it's hard to explain. Like it's like to buy a to to buy a bike that was made by hands and to 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 have the manufacturer send you pictures of of your your bike mm. being built and then you know to finally be on it and riding it. Um, like you know again, just because my bikes are the, the bikes I have are are, are Chromic branded, but um, you know they sell that. You could buy that same frame made in Taiwan, which is fantastic because they're, they're just as fantastic. Mm -hmm. The welds might be, yeah. they're just a little different, right? Um, yeah. um, but, but to ride the bike that was like, it makes me proud one to support a Canadian manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and two, it just, it has yeah. the soul to it. And I, I look yeah. at, I look at floor bikes now and I don't know. I just, <laughs> nothing really turns me on yeah. anymore. It's like, right. You know, I look at all that stuff and all this new technology and I'm going to sound like an old man too, man, but it's like, it, actually I worked at a bike shop in town and someone was asking me about this certain type of suspension and the guy I worked with said, oh, Steve, and he didn't mean it in a bad way. Uh, he's French, right? So they just, you know, he's like, oh, Steve, he's uh, he's old school kind of like, and I know what he meant. He just like, he's, no, yeah, he's, yeah. he said he's, he likes more old, old technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, screw you, buddy. <laughs> I shred just like you on a hardtail. <laughs> that, that's for the younger, yeah, yeah. That's for well, the younger guys. Yeah. Kind of, and I, and I think I think you're in you're in this niche where um, people who have ridden like I've been I've ridden over half my life, right? Just a long time, and it's just part yeah. of my life, right? So for for me to if I if I want a bike, then I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to someone like you, or I'm gonna I'm gonna shop it around a little bit, you know? Because because yeah, right. I don't go through bikes every year, like. Yeah. The, yeah. My, my single speed's like five years old, six years old now. Yeah. And it's, it's, well, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, I definitely I'm building, you know, I mean, I want to build bikes for, you know, I've said this kind of, maybe it's a little bit, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, I said, I want to build bikes for my, you know, for my community, you know, in my kind of in my backyard and, and, um, you know, really just, you know, build one at a time and have that relationship. And so, I don't know. I mean, I may end up building some bikes for, you know, for, for some young, younger people, but the demographic seems, you know, to, to, to be drawn into, you know, people that have ridden all their life, you know, that have had a number of bikes in this, you know, and they want to land on something that's, you know, that's this style of, you know, this, you know, this detail and then, 
not not saying cost doesn't matter. That's not you know cost matters. For well, sure. you you are in a different you know? demo. You're in a different yeah. demo there as well, right? Because yeah. you know your yeah. frames aren't four hundred five hundred bucks. I would imagine so. Yeah, just no, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. yeah, but you know, trying to build you know for for folks that are you know that are you know they've they've got some they got some miles under their belt and uh, discerning. You know, they're really. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. kind of. <laughs> if you're gonna put anything between your legs, it's got to be yeah. top notch. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. Although I did hear some story about you in in in, in uh, Anchorage or in Alaska. Oh my god! <laughs> Maybe did I tell that story? Did I tell the full story? Oh, it's embarrassing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was funny. So, but those those bikes attract attention, like. Uh, yeah, you know when I was in Alaska, I remember some guy coming up. He was like, "Is that a surface?" And he was, mm-hmm. he was like, "Wow, is that a surface?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, yeah, yeah." I know the guy that built yeah. it. I knew the guy that painted it. You know, it's and it's. Yeah. Can I ride it? It's like, yeah, you can ride it. And yeah. I, yeah, and it's just like, it is definitely a timeless bike. Like I really like that geometry. I think if I were to, yeah, yeah, I might, I might take some measurements and I'd like to match it because that bike yeah. single speed with just the geometry it has, maybe, maybe a couple more degrees. Maybe a degree extra to slack it out just a little bit, yeah, yeah. but it's like riding a BMX bike in the woods. Like it's just yeah. so such a fun rig. Um, That's cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it pays to it, it pays to pay, like it really yeah. does. And then you're supporting a well, Canadian builder, right? Like, yeah, there's awesome. that. I mean, but you you know what you want, and that's the kind of conversation that you know that generally happens within you know within the first hour of you know having a discussion with somebody about a new you know, a new bike or a new idea around, you know, what they, they have this thing that they're doing. And, but, but it always leads back to, you know, I had this bike and this is, you know, I love these things about those bikes or that frame or, you know, and, uh, and yeah, like, I mean, the, this frame here, it's like, you know, the guy's like, I want like number 21 stamped into that bike. Cause I know that it's, you know, it's going to be like, you know, and I, you know, and you're right. I send them pictures, send them, you know, pictures, the inside of the tube i really take my time i really like taking my time you know kind of file stroke file stroke at a time and uh and make sure things fit good and you know i probably learned some of that from my dad you know just you know really enjoy the you know the the process mm. and uh if it if it matters to somebody you know it matters to me you know it's that type of thing and uh, and really trying to you know incorporate that into into what i do here in the shop and uh, in each bike and and then when it's all done like it's just real a giggle to you know to to like when, when guy was here you know to see him jump on his bike and yeah you know and he's just like you know it's it must have been like, vibrating i could just see him like oh right. just you know? super pumped <laughs> it's like you know back to teenager again yeah. you know i mean this this uh this touring bike that i built it uh to get the guys on a bike that he's ridden for 18 years and you know so i'm like and you know, similar to Dean's Dean's bike too. You know, I mean, he rode his Coney unit uh, for a long time, and I'm like, terrifies me to to put, you know, the like, mm. okay, we're done, the build's ready. You know, come and have a look. Let's take a ride, and um, and then you know, I mean, thankfully every every experience has been really good, and the fit's been great, and 
Dean was like, yeah, I think put five millimeters off on the seat tube height. And uh, he just knew. He knew. Did he? And I was like, oh, yeah, I did, yeah. I ended up having to do a little bit of rework on the, on the frame to try and get the seat tube down to, you know, to the right height. And, and totally rightfully so. Like, it has to be right, you know. But he knew exactly what, you know, what he wanted. Like, yeah, it's just a little bit high, you know. And um, discerning. So, yeah, we ended up. Yeah, just yeah, discerning. Totally. Right? They just, they know, like. Yeah, I think sure. I would know. I think, yeah, you put yeah. your leg over it, just stand on the ground, and you can just feel yeah. it under your body. And it's just like, yeah, something's weird. Like, but mm-hmm. to, but to nail it, if that was the only like five mil, yeah. Right. So how does that work? Do you just grind that off and and move it? Yeah, I ended up having to mill part of the top tube, you know, part of the the seat tube. Unfortunately, I had the seat tube just a little bit too tall. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just ended up putting it, fixturing it in the mill, and then and then milling, you know that that uh and then we ended up we actually ended up settling on a on a dropper post that was that had a little bit more room to accommodate for that that space also right but uh but yeah i mean it's it's really neat i mean the 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 touring bike um same thing the guy came here two saturdays ago and and did a test ride on it and a bit of a fit and he left the left the shop and he, like, he came back and he took he, he was like gone for twenty minutes. I'm like, oh my god! Like, most <laughs> most guys are just like go for a little, you know, little, you know, whatever, five hundred meters down the road. He was taking selfies. He was taking selfies for. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, I, did, I you know, I know we talked about, you know, he wanted reference checks and happy to accommodate all of that stuff, you know, the different of course you know, builds that I've done and uh, and uh, he was like, this bike. You know, we went through all of these things, and this bike has every single thing that I ever wanted in a bike, you know? Yeah. And it was like, wow, man, that's really great. And for a guy that's been on a bike for 18 years, and he's getting onto this bike now, and he's just got a smile you can't wipe off his face. He's just, like, so happy with uh, with the fit. And, uh, yeah, so it's really good, yeah. That's great. So if a customer yeah. wants to um, reach out to you, how do they start the process? How do they do that with yeah, you? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. I, I mean I I have uh yeah, I have Facebook and Instagram and those are probably the two, you know, not to not to just default to social media, but you know, there's direct you know, direct mechanisms Well that's how we to, communicated, right? To just reach out to me. Yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. But email and then we'll move and transition right to email pretty quickly and then, you know, start bouncing ideas back and forth and I mean I I I do I'll draw up a bike. I'll I'll start that process first and do a fit, and then, you know, and then, you know, just make sure that everything looks good before we ever really go down a path of you know of uh, transferring money and that type of stuff. It's you know we're trying to get you know the fundamental things in first and yeah. and focus on what's right. You know, so yeah. Do you also have relationships in the industry so you can cradle to grave a project? Like you could basically give them a rideable bike in the end. Is that? Totally, yeah. Oh, cool. I prefer that actually. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I have a direct relationship with Pinion Gates. I have a direct relationship with, um, you know, with We Are One Composites, with uh, Industry Nine, with you know, Raceface, with you know, um, with a couple of the bike shop supply wholesale. You know. Yeah, like um, Cycles guns. Lambert and like. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cool. That's great. Yeah, all that you know, QVP and uh, right. in the U.S. and. And uh, white industries are really like using their stuff. It's really, really nice, yeah. you know, out of California. And, uh, you know, try and, try and put the whole thing into one package. That's, that's my preference. You know, that 
for me too as a as a newer builder it's like having all of the components and having exactly you know all of the measurements up front mm. making sure that i'm building to you know to the component specs not that they you know not that they change too too much but um i just you know i want to make sure that everything fits really really nice at the you know that uh, that things look symmetrical on the bike that it you know that it doesn't look like uh, you know this was an afterthought or you know i have the bridge tube that's you know that's um uh, 30 millimeters away from the tire on the seat stays, but then it's, you know, 12 millimeters away on the chain stay, like, you know, trying to have everything so that it's really nice and symmetrical. <laughs> that so would bug me too, man. If I was a builder, that right. would bug me like just these totally. little, so not, right. you, I was just thinking that having this thought, I don't want to break up your, your thought, but it was like, you're building dis, you're a discerning builder building bikes for discerning people. Like the, you know, just mm-hmm. little details like that. Um, I have a lot of yeah. respect for that because it's like, you're not just, you're not just pumping stuff out, you know, you're, you're putting a no, lot of thought yeah. into yeah. your product. And, and, uh, I think, yeah, it's safe to say, I'd encourage anyone to reach out to you and, and, uh, yeah, just start a yeah. conversation. You know, that's, that's pretty awesome. Cause I think I'm going to do yeah. that. I'm going to think about it and maybe just entertain it. We'll have to see. I don't know. Yeah. I'm due. I'm so I'll get you over the hurdle for sure. You know? And, yeah. It's, I mean, there's, there's, there's a feature. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I always tell people, it's like, listen, I'm not, Certainly, I'm not a salesperson anyways, but, you know, it's not about sales for me. It's just about, you know, again, it's about building a relationship. And so there's a matter, you know, there's a matter of time in relationships and, you know, time to distance at some point, you know, sometimes the relationships kind of move in, you know, and and other times they move out and, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm game for, you know, for either direction, that's okay. You know, yeah, more see, game for the building the relationship. You know, I'm frightened because as soon as I, as soon as I like just get that ball rolling, <laughs> for me, for because I'm yeah. so impulsive. Uh, but yeah, for something like that, I'd really want to take my time. I think I really want to, mm-hmm. you know, really think about what I want. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and try, try, you know, I try as best I can to present, you know, not, you know, not a buffet of options, but. You know, like say I use White Industry or Shimano or SRAM or Pinion or you know, but but not get all over the map with TRP or Commonalo or mm. you know, I mean, there's certain there's certain lanes that I'm sticking in fairly close. Um, you know, Chris King, Industry Nine, you know, all generally kind of on the on the, you know, obviously in the higher end of things. Of course, you know? but. Yeah. Um, but you know, try not to present uh, too many, you know, too many options. Well, Dale, I've taken up a lot of your time tonight, yeah. and oh, uh, I, I hope you enjoyed the the conversation. I certainly really did. Do. Yeah, yeah. I really have. Cool. It was. Uh, I know we didn't get super tech into uh, into the whole, you know, machining side of things. Um, uh, we'll save that for next time. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I think there's, you know, I, I, I like I say, I, I feel like I'm at a bit of a, you know, listening to all your podcasts, like a bit of an advantage of, you know, kind of getting into, you know, into some of your past. And I mean, I, so many things resonate with me in terms of, you know, where you're from Deep River. I came from an industrial town in McMurray and, you know, and, uh, you know, just similar ages and, mm. and, um, interests and that type of thing. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of things that kind of, you know, in the back of my mind, I think that there's, you know, there's more, you play guitar, I play bluegrass. So, oh, nice. 
you know, so I, I, I noodle, I noodle on guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we all do. We yeah. All do. We all yeah. always learning. No, I think, uh, but. I think it's funny how we, you know, the, the podcasting thing's pretty new for me. And I remember just a couple of years ago, well, yeah, about 18 months ago, just getting into a point in my life where I just needed to do something just else, like just something mm-hmm. like, and, uh, and then just kind of fell into this. And then it's, you know, as, as it gives me a lot of meaning to be able to, to chat mm-hmm. with you and, and build these relationships and, and share your story yeah. and, and hopefully, you know, maybe light a fire under the business, like get people to notice you and, yeah. and, and come yeah. to you for either advice or for, for whatever, you know? So it's, it's great that. For you, you, I mean, you do a, a really, you know, you do a really good job of, of this podcast. Oh, and I mean, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed and I've, you know, different, you know, uh, people that have, you know, it's like, you got to listen to this. This is really great. And oh, thanks, man. it'll pique your interest and it'll talk about all the, you know, all, you know, variation, a variety of things, but then it'll also get really, you know, really in depth on. And I've, I've really, really enjoyed, you oh, know, I'm the, happy. The product that you're putting out. I don't want to call it a product. It's like you, it's you know, it's more than that. It's the relationships that you're putting together too with, uh, you yeah. know, different people that you're chatting with, right? So. Yeah, and then just being creative and and just having an outlet like that, I think is this is so important, especially I think as we get a bit older and not that life's settling down at all, but uh, j- just uh, so easy to lose focus, right, on on things yeah. that are important and. And yeah, just, just trying to maintain that. So it's, it's, it's all been self-help for me as I imagine in a lot of ways for you as well to like, yeah. to have that, that thing you can dig into and, and, and blank, yeah. like just blank out. And, yeah. uh, yeah. We like all to, think we have longer than we have, you know? Yeah, man. I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast the other day and they were talking about stoicism and how they look at death, you know, yeah. kind of grim, but he's just like, He's like, yeah, yeah, I accept it. And, you know, if anything, I use death as a motivator because, you know, right now I'm in the prime of my life or I feel like yeah. kind of am. And it's just like now's the time, right, to be going on these adventures when you're physically, you know, at your, you know, maybe your peak. And, yeah. you know, we don't we don't even, I, even from, well, from a male standpoint, like it just seems like we're never, I just, I don't know when I'm going to grow up, man. <laughs> Yeah, just constantly, just, <laughs> just constantly learning and, and just trying to, just trying to be a good human. And I think for some people it's, it's yeah. easier and some people have, you know, they have a bit of a, a bit, a bit of work to do. Right. And yeah. yeah, I think having a creative outlet is, is key for sure. I appreciate all the nice things yeah. you said. That's, it's really nice. I'm glad yeah, people are I mean, glad some people are resonating with it. The only, I've had a couple criticisms, but, uh, one I'm not even gonna give any, give any power to, but the other one was they're too long. <laughs> it's like because I fucking talk too much. That's why in the end up. <laughs> so so they organically fall into that. Control. Yeah, I know, right? And well, I you know my my attitude, my my yeah my mo is always like when I if I'm gonna go for something really long or I'm gonna be on the saddle for for hours, then I don't want to touch my mm-hmm. device. I want to listen to something really interesting, and usually it's a book or a podcast, but. But if, if usually yeah. if I see a podcast for me and if it's under an hour, I'm like, oh, come on, under an hour. Like, <laughs> yeah. so I kind of like, them, yeah, right. you know, like at least an hour kind of thing, hour and a half. So for the person that commented on that, I love you and thank you for your feedback. And I don't, 
you know, I, yeah. it's great, but you know, I, I still have to stay true to my process, right? Yeah, do your thing, man. Yeah, you know, and do I, your I, thing, and and you know, I think it, you know, probably for me, it resonates. I'm I'm happy with the, you know, the the long form. You know, I mean, the you know, the Jordan Peterson, you know, mm. discussions and things like that. And I've listened to all, uh, you know, probably too much of his stuff. But, uh, I'm a bit of but, a fan you know, as well. The, yeah, yeah, the long form, you know. Uh, really resonates with me too. I can sit in and I can, you know, really, you know, really uh, get a get a bit of perspective. I guess yeah. a better perspective. You know, longer conversations are, I don't know, like this one. I, I, you know, like I said initially, I was, you know, maybe terrified is the wrong word, but certainly apprehensive. He's like, well, I'm going to talk to Steve, his new guy, and I don't know him, but I've listened to some of his stuff and. And then, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, but, you know, after after a little while, it's going to settle in. And, yeah. you know, you're going, to, you're going to feel better about, who, you know, what, what you're saying, who you're, you know, who you're chatting with. And you, you know me. It'll be fine, you know. Yeah. People know me. Like, I mean, I don't mean it from that yeah. vain perspective, but it's like I think I share a lot about myself, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I do that intentionally because, you know, it's good to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and, you know, lay it all out there. And, and I think that that adds a level of comfort for people and yeah. and yeah what you said about the length it's like yeah i like to unpack stuff right like even that i'll leave mm-hmm. this in i'll leave this part of the conversation in because it's important like we're talking mm-hmm. about you know life you know and and yeah. you know the journey towards death <laughs> and staying yeah. staying trying to stay happy and motivated and and still still retain that you know that we're mastering something or we're a craftsman or we're a craftsperson or we're just trying to you know, occupy and just be, I don't know, productive members of society. So it's, it's important, but, but also yeah, the unpacking. And then also I could probably say, well, yeah, everyone I've ever talked to back through bike pack Canada, all the way through to, to you, the most kind of recent one. I've, I've, I feel I have relationships with these people now Mm and, you know, in some way, like, yeah. Um, because we we're, yeah, because we've had the time yeah, to sit down and just shoot the shit, right? And yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. There's some there's some neat things that are weaving in between. Like, I mean, Pat Kelly and Dean Anderson and Guy Stewart and you know other people that are kind of weaving, you know, in in and out of the, you know, and obviously you're way way deeper into the you know the bike packing oh, scene and and that. know these folks, uh, you know, way better. I'm I'm just learning a little bit more into that, and, but. You know, but they're all really cool, like-minded people, and uh, you know, not that they have to all be agreeable. I'm not saying that, but it, you know, but you have a similar, you know, you have you want to give a little bit, you want to get a little bit, and um, you know, they have a similar, you know, similar uh, expectation out of the thing. But there is an expectation, yeah, and that's it, important too. Yeah, we're all of so, the same minds. You know, we. The, the, most of the people I talk to, I seem to be able to gel with on some level. Like I think we're all just people. We all have a story, you know, and, and then people that are any in the bike industry at all, or I find super easy, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm doing one Saturday. I'm really nervous about, um, <clears throat> talking to, uh, the, the, the director of the Masaka, um, cycling club in Uganda. I'm going to talk to him, but, uh, Josh Caddo is cool. doing that, uh, the trans Washington, he's kind of riding the miles and he's got donators and raising mm-hmm. money for this cause. But I'm super nervous about that because well, it's not outside my wheelhouse, but it's, it is, there's a cultural expanse there that I'm going to have to try to bridge. 
you know, and then, and then Great. just, yeah, it's just, I'm, it makes me nervous, but it, but I think, I think that it's like, well, that's good. Right. Yeah. It's good. To, it's good to push limits and talk to people that, you know, you're uncomfortable with, or even on social, I'll reach out to people like, I've said on the podcast before, I never thought my paths would cross with Tyler Hamilton. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so, and, and we're, yeah. we're going to chat. I had to postpone it, but we're going to chat soon. And, uh, it's just, it, 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 yeah, I was super nervous talking to that guy. Yeah. Right. And then, and then I, yeah, I met Tyler in uh, yeah. at the Calgary bike show a couple oh, cool. of years ago. And I said, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm just, just, you know, this entry level frame builder. And he was just like, that's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, keep going, dude. You know, he's just, I, anyway, I, I have uh, all the time in the world for that guy too. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. And you know, I, I don't know what he's doing. It's just super yeah. fun. It's just super fun talking to people who are, you know, kind of in the same space. And, but I'm going to, I'm going to land the plane as they say. Cool, man. And uh, yeah. so, so tell people where they can find you on social. Yeah. Or... Um, yeah. Social media at, on uh, Instagram at Rolling Dale Cycle. Um, on uh, Facebook, same thing, um, at Rollingdale Cycle, I think, on Facebook, and just direct message me. Uh, you can send me a, an email at dale at rdcycle.com. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, I'll get back with you. And, um, you know, happy to happy to connect with, with anybody that comes my way. Cool. Well, so, yeah. thanks for your time. I know this might have been a bit longer yeah. than you anticipated, but... Yeah, that's uh, cool. <laughs> I really enjoy ta- talking to you and I will reach out. I'm going to get the ball rolling, I think just to see options yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm really glad we connected. You know, let, yeah, for sure. Let's chat about it. And then you may pick your brain, brain on the, on the Epic, you know, for 2021. For know, sure. Maybe, I don't know, maybe something like that. I've been trying to gain a little more insight on that. It'd be great. So, well, we'll start together yeah. then. And then yeah. I'll watch you sail away. Cause you'll train, you'll train <laughs> right, for the next yeah. year for it. I'll watch you sail away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, right. yeah. it was a, it, yeah. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure, Dale, and um, I look forward to talking yeah. to you again really soon. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, right sounds on. great. Yeah. Okay. Be Thanks, well, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. You too. Thanks. Take care. Yeah. yeah. Bye bye. Cheers. Dale Marchand, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, yeah, I think it's important to bring the uh, these conversations to the public. You know, a lot of these guys are working in their shops and they're building this amazing product. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the customer and the frame builder has a, you know, a pretty good relationship. They've, you know, for him to build a bike for say Guy Stewart or, or, um, or Dean Anderson, you know, it's important that the, the two of them get to know each other and, and, uh, Dale gets to know kind of the riding style of the customer and and whatnot. But, you know, those, those conversations don't make it out into the public. And, uh, I think it's important and we get to hear how Dale puts a lot of thought and energy into building uh, awesome product. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, you can search for Dale Marchand on social. You'll find it just like you said at the end there. Um, the website is not really much going on there, rdcycle.com, but, uh, something definitely to uh, keep an eye on in the future. If you want to reach out to me, you can, you can send me an email, myback 40 podcast at gmail.com. You can send me voice intros, guest suggestions, and feedback. And you know what? If you send me a voice intro, uh, send me your address as well. And if I use it at the beginning of the show, I'll send you a couple stickers. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. And I'd love to add a bit of content to the top where uh, the community, the MyBack40 community can hear from other riders out there and uh, hear what they're up to. 
if you want to support the My Back 40 podcast, you can do so as well. You can head on over to myback40.org support. And uh, there's some options there, but you can also support me by subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. Five-star ratings go a long way to reaching more people. And uh, if you give me a review and a five-star, I'd really appreciate it. Again, I hope you're enjoying the content. I hope you have a great week. Coming up next week, we've got a podcast with Paul Brody, which I'm really excited about. I was super nervous talking to that dude. And uh, after when I texted him to say thank you for his time, I said, man, I was super nervous. And he goes, why are you nervous? I'm just a guy. You know what? He's right. He is just a guy, but he's kind of a legend as well. So um, if you want to listen to me flail through that conversation, it kind of felt like I did that. Uh, I'd appreciate it. But uh, yeah, I love the guy. And um, and I'm super excited to bring you that chat. So that's it. Stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that conversation. And uh, get out there. Ride bikes. Be in the woods. Forest bathe. Work on our mental health. And keep the rubber sack down. <laughs>